Hey, y'all. How you been? Did you have a good Saturday? Oh, awesome. I went to Lowe's and Walmart. No, it was not top 10, I'll tell you that. Hey, uh, I'm Arthur. I'm one of the pastors here, and uh, so welcome to South Crest. Glad you're here. If you're watching online, really glad that you are uh, watching online with us today, and I hope that you'll uh, engage with us and uh, kind of uh, lean in a little bit. Uh, I know sometimes watching online, other things are going on too, so uh, I really hope today that that you'll be encouraged and uh, and maybe challenged to look at some things in, in your marriage today. And if you're not married, maybe some things when you get married. And uh, also, welcome to our LaGrange campus, too. I was in LaGrange yesterday for our men's gathering, and uh, that was amazing because, you know, the, the men in LaGrange are men, big, hairy, burly, <laughs> kind of men. So, you know, no pansies allowed there. Uh, so it was pretty awesome. But uh, anyway, loved being down there yesterday with you guys and with uh, and Pete and Micah and some of those other guys who were there too. So I uh, thought so that was a really uh, incredible thing. And so uh, we have got today, uh, we're going to talk to ladies today a little bit. Uh, I say we, it's mainly me. So there's not a committee or anything. So I should just see, I'm already nervous because I'm saying we're going to do it. It's, it's me. See, I'm, I'm insecure and I need counseling, but I can't afford it, so thanks for listening. Um, so, uh, but, but here's the thing, uh, ladies, I do need to tell you about this. This is really a big deal. Uh, on March 14th, we have got a, a special event for ladies. It's called Woven, and you don't have to register to be here. You can just show up. All the information is online, and uh, it's for all our campuses, our online campus and for our LaGrange campus and Noonan, and we're going to be here at our Noonan campus. And so I hope that you'll plan to be a part of that. That's a Thursday night, uh, March 14th, and it's Woven, and it's for uh, ladies. That's for you. And, uh, and, and guys, I need to talk to you just for a minute, Okay. I love you, okay? I am a dude. I have always been a dude. I've always wanted to be a dude. I've never wanted to be anything else, okay? Let's get that out of the way. So I want you to know I'm on your side. And so today, as I'm teaching through the Bible, some of these passages today, look, here's what you need to do. Because see, I love you and I'm looking out for you, okay? You just look straight ahead. Okay, whether it's interesting to you today or not, it has just become the most interesting thing you've ever seen in your life. Okay, I'm just telling you, don't, don't look out of the corner of your eye. Okay, don't look over there at her. She knows where her elbows are. Do not remind her where they are in the next, you know, 40 minutes. That's a bad idea. Just keep them close to your side. Good posture. That's what we're all about here for the next little bit. Okay, I'm just telling you because if you start, you know, because see, I, I've been here, I, I, about five months at this point. And so, you know, and so I, I, we sort of have this rhythm going on back and forth, you know, when we teach. And so, uh, you know, because, you know, some churches, you know, sometimes the, the pastor is, is preaching and people really, somebody, men especially, is like, well, I really like that. That's good. And so a man will stand up out of his seat and kind of do like this. To say, hey, I'm with you, pastor. So say, I, and I, if you ever want to do that, I love you, but don't do it today. Okay, because you've never done that yet. Okay, you want to start doing that next Sunday. It's a good time to do that, but don't do it today. I'm just telling you, it will not go well for you at lunch. Don't. Okay, and, you know, and, 
you know, if you're somebody just kind of sits there, listen, nobody's ever around here yelling plow at plow, man. So don't start that today either. Okay. Next Sunday, that's good. I, I like, that's one of my favorites. Okay. When somebody's going to say something, you know, you know, plow at plow, man, get after it. Those kinds of, that's, that's good, but not today. Not, I'm telling you, I love you. I'm looking out for you, believe it or not. So um, anyway, so just, you know, be careful about that. All right. So anyway, and so ladies, we're going to talk about a, a woman's role in marriage today. We are not talking about the S word, okay? Because a lot of times you go to church and think, oh, we're going to talk about the S word. We're not talking about the S word today. We're talking about the R word. Uh, the Bible talks about the R word a lot. So we're going to talk about the R word today, and we'll get to that in just a second. And, uh, but, but here's the thing, I guess, that you need to know, ladies, is that you are beautiful, um, the king of kings calls you his own. We sang that just a minute ago. And you are beautiful. And men, you should tell your wives all the time, you are beautiful. She should never have to come ask you, hey, how do I look? You should always, that just flow out of you all the time. You are beautiful. Not you're beautiful when or you're beautiful if, just you're beautiful. She loves that. Uh, because that's who she is. God uh, created her, knit her together while she was in her mother's womb. She is God's creation. She is a child of the king. She is of infinite worth. Jesus gave his life for her. And so what is it for us to lay down our lives for her? It is nothing for us to lay down our lives for her, to, to, for something good to come out of us in regard to who she is. That's easy for us to do. That should not be work. That should not be uh, something we're going to withhold. So that's sort of where we are. And, and, and by the way, you, you, you probably know this, but you, know, you were attracted to her by the way she looked, men. You know, she went walking by you and you went, mm, dang, mm, I need to talk to her. Um, that's how it started, right? Now she may have thought that you were good looking or maybe she's just grateful that you'd taken a shower. I have no idea. But there was a, a moment when she fell in love with you and it was the way, because of the way you talked to her. And you know that because you started talking to her and she started leaning in and she started being more involved in your life and, and you knew how to talk to her. Now, see, the thing is you were, you were probably really good talking to her five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago. But you ought to be much better at talking to her now than you were when you first met her. And she was attracted to you through her ears not through her eyes. And so she's going to stay attracted to you through her ears because you're going to get a pot belly and gray hair and you're going to smell bad. You ain't going to be all that, right? But she's still going to love you because you talk to her. The way you talk to her endears her heart to you. Now, ladies, you have more power and influence in the life of your husband than anybody else in the world. Did you know that? That your opinion of him matters more to him than the opinion of almost anybody else in the whole world. He wants to know that you respect him. That's important to him. And I'll say this two or three times today, but to a man, we, yeah, we like when someone loves us. We like to be appreciated. But in a strange way, more than that, we want somebody to respect us. 
And we especially want our wives to respect us and have a high opinion of us. It's really, really important to us. It's a big deal. Just like what the Bible has to say uh, about this this whole idea uh, for a few minutes. So I'm in Ephesians chapter 5. We were there last week, so let's pick up there this week. Uh, And it says in verse 33, it says, However, let each one of you love his wife as himself. Remember we talked about this last week, that men, we do not naturally love other people. So, so Paul has to tell us, love your wives. And, you know, because uh, women, they tend to love others very easily. Men do not. Uh, women sometimes struggle with respect. Men struggle with love. And, and, and by the way, ladies, I got, I got one more thing I got to tell you about men, okay? We're a, sometimes about as sharp as a bowling ball. Uh, we're, we're not the sharpest knife in the drawer sometimes. And so have you ever noticed that sometimes you have to tell your husband something more than once before he hears it? Okay, that's not unusual. Paul, over and over again in Ephesians 5 says, love your wives, love your wives, love your wives. Why? Because we don't get it. Uh, he has to tell us that over and over again. So sometimes, you, sometimes be patient with us because sometimes you have to tell us something more than once before we understand it. He says, let each one of you love his wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. So there's these two things that go together here, love and respect. So here's this idea is that this love and respect, they work together to make a marriage get closer and closer and closer and closer because here's the way it works. The more respect you show your husband, the more he is going to love you. It pulls him towards you. By the same token, uh, the, the, the more that you love your wife, the more she's going to respect you. And it gets closer and closer and closer. And, and it's this reciprocal relationship. The more that you, that you love her, the more she will respect you. And the more you respect him, the more he will love you. Now, guys, I'm going to say this about 17 times a day, but she's not going to respect you if you're not respectable. She will have no problem respecting you, seeing the good in you, if you're laying down your life for her. It's easy for her to show respect to you when she knows that you love her unconditionally. It's simple and says easy, but it's simple. But let's look at this uh, for another second because I, I, there's two ways to kind of approach this goal about being, uh, uh, about showing respect uh, and, and this love and respect, getting this relationship together. The first way is to nag and disrespect. That, that's one, one way to get there. And, uh, and a lot of ladies think that's, this is going to work. I, if I'll just keep at it, keep at it, keep at it, keep telling them the same thing and do this, 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 it'll work. Okay, newsflash, we hate nagging. Okay, hate it. You have just made it into a contest and we will win. That's what a man thinks. He says, look, you want to play the game? I'll play the game. Tell you what, you want to nag me? I'll go sit in the chair. And, and what happens is it just drives a wedge in the relationship and just moves further and further and further away because like, look, you're not showing me any respect. So I don't want to love you. And so it starts getting further and further apart. So, you know, and because you're trying to do this is why I, and I, you know, I've done a lot of premarital counseling over the years. Well, I love him. He's not perfect, but I'm going to change him. No, you're not, sweetheart. He is what he is. God might change him, but you are not. It's not going to happen. And you're setting yourself up for frustration and disappointment. It's just not going to work out for you. So you better know what you're getting before you, you make the purchase. 
So on the other hand, what you should do is you should pray. God, make him into the man that you want him to be, and you show, uh, and, and, and you respect him. You, you give him respect, and it endears him to you. Now, let me show you this. This is really important because this is one of those things that sometimes the ladies start pushing back on just a little bit. I get that. I understand it. Um, let's look at this verse again, uh, Ephesians 5.33. It says, let each one of you love his wife as himself, talking to the husbands. And he says, and let the wife see that she respects, who does it say? It says two words. Her husband. Does it say every man on the planet? No. What does it say? Her husband. Okay. Because we're talking about the marriage relationship here. Get the context. So you show respect. You give respect. You demonstrate it to your husband. So that does not mean that you, so you give this to your husband. That does not mean that you show respect to another man because the other man that you, you say, I wish my husband was like that man. And I wish I was married to that man because he's very uh, respectable. He's the kind of person I want to give my respect to. That's coveting. That's wanting something that's not yours. Respect means very simply, it means, it means to notice, to regard, to honor, to prefer, to defer to, to encourage, to love, and, and to admire. So men, we've got to be respectable if we want our wives respect. So uh, ladies, let me talk with you for just a couple minutes about uh, how do you get to that point? Uh, because respect thoughts stops, starts, excuse me, respect starts in your mind. Respect starts in your mind with respectful thoughts. So first of all, let me ask you, how do you think about your husband? How do you think about him? Do, do you think about him in a way that's hopeful or in a way that's, that's hopeless? Uh, do you think about him in a way that's respectful or a way that is disrespectful? Uh, and and it, it may be that he does something and you may never say a word to him about it, but maybe you're thinking things that are disrespectful. What, what, what are you thinking? Because changing the way you think paves the way to changing what we do. Romans 12 verse 1 says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. How? By the renewal of your mind. So how do you change this? How do you be transformed by the renewal of your mind? It starts here in the way that we think that by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So you have to think differently in order to feel differently. And repentance and change begins in the mind. So uh, what you think about your husband affects what you feel and what you do. Your thoughts will affect your emotions and your actions. Because if you sit there and go, he's an idiot. He is absolutely an idiot. Then that's the way you're going to treat him. You know, if you sit there and you look at him and go, I could have done better than him. I should have called do-over. Um, no, that, that, that's not helping anybody. You sit there and go, you know, if he would do what I tell him to, he'd be a great leader. No, you've you got to change the way that you, you think about him. Um, and... Philippians chapter 4 says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, and usually we don't talk about this, but what it says is practice. There's got to be a discipline to this. It's not just something that just happens, but this is, this is how we, you talk about how do you renew your mind. This is how you do it. You put these things into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. So you, what do you do? You, you, 
you say, okay, here's a good thing. Some of you this week, ladies, because here's the deal. I've talked to so many of you this week, and this series has just been great, just a great interaction and, and uh, feedback on this series. And so many have, have said, yeah, I did, you did your homework this week, that you told your husband at least five good things about him. And, and that's the thing. is that, um, Almost every lady in here, you did your homework, and some of the men did, some of you didn't. So man, man up. Uh, so, but, but here's the thing is you did that this week. You said, hey, here's, here's some things I really appreciate about you, but you keep doing that, not just one week, not just one time. And, but, you know, when you notice something or something comes to mind, you say, okay, here, I'm going to write that down so that you can keep up with it and you can tell them later because sometimes in the business of our lives, things kind of slip our minds sometimes, right? And, and ladies, you know this. You're, you're geniuses. That's why we married you. Uh, you know this because, uh, you know, there's three things that, that men really want. And that men are really all about food, sex, and attaboys. Uh, that, that's really three things that men really want, food, sex, and attaboys, and generally in that order. Um, and so, you know, so listen, tell them, hey, great job. I appreciate what you did. That was good. Look, and, and listen, don't make some giant big deal out of it when he takes out the trash. You know, don't go, mm, I want to tell you, babe, when you carry that trash can, I mean, I felt the earth move. And, and you carried it out there through the garage and then you rolled the trash can out to the street and everybody in the neighborhood was like, ooh, if I had a man like that. No, don't, no, da, 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 da. don't do that. Don't go so, that, that's not it, you know. That, that, no, not so much, right? But when, when he comes home and he notices that, that your car is out of gas and he doesn't say a word about it, but he gets your car and takes it to the gas station, fills it up, brings it back home and you get out there the next morning and all of a sudden your gas tank is full. He says, hey, I really appreciate you doing that. Thank you. He just wants to hear good job. That, that's why when he comes home from work, he wants you to say, how'd it go? How was work today? What happened? And, and ladies, I know sometimes we're like 15-year-old boys and we go, it's all right. But ask us another question. It's okay. Ask us another question. And men, don't be a 15-year-old boy, but man up and talk to her and tell her what happened. Because we, we, want, we want to tell you what we did. And you say, hey, great job. Really good. I mean, it's important, Right. You know, the other day I, I went to the gym and I got back and, and I had lifted more weight the other day than I had lifted in a while. And so, and, and I told Lori, I didn't tell her a number. I said, hey, you know, I really didn't. And I thought, she was like, hey, that's really good. Nothing. <laughs> Crickets. So I tried again a, a couple hours later, like, yeah, my leg's a little stiff. I had to take leg day today. You know, uh, a lot of weight didn't really get on those legs. I was fishing, right? So, because that's what I was. I was looking for, I was like, I was, I was like, oh man, I can really tell it's making a deal. I was wanting something, right? That's what we, that's men, that's where we are. Uh, see, and because here's the deal, is that your husband wants to live in such a way that he is pleasing God and that he's pleasing you. It's a big deal to him. And some of you ladies, you're gifted with encouragement and it just flows out of you. It's easy and you just say it and, and it's just like, it's incredible. And, and some, some not, but you know what it means? You, you work at it. I'm not really good at encouragement. And so what I do is I find something very specific that I can tell somebody, hey, I saw when you did this. Great job. I really appreciate it. Uh, it made a difference in somebody's life. Uh, so find a way to do that because respectful thoughts pave the way to respectful emotions. Uh, Matthew 12, 34 says, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if there's disrespect in your heart, it's going to live in your heart. It's going to dwell there. And so what do we do about that? How do we deal with that? How do we do something about that? Well, I think one of the things is you talk to the Lord more about your husband than you talk to your friends about your husband. 
Mach mal, gar keine Ruhe. Talk to the Lord about your husband more than you talk to your friends about your husband. So let me ask you this. What do you say to your children about your husband? Well, you know, your father is a great man and we couldn't live without him. Is that how the sentence goes? Because be careful what you say to your children about your husband because you may give them something that will cause a distance to be set up between the children and their father. Are you a nag? Are you quarrelsome? Are you loud? And I'm not talking about having a loud personality. I'm talking about being loud that you're shouting him down. Are you manipulative? Are you a mocker? I'll tell you something that most men will not tell you is that when you are mocking your husband that it just is like knocking his knees out from under him and he feels like that you hate him. How do you speak to your husband? How do you speak about your husband? You develop a heart of respect by praying for your husband. And you don't pray that he will be the man that you want him to be. God, make him more responsible and, and, and get him a better job and make him to understand that uh, I need more time from him. And you pray something real simple. You say, God, will you mold and shape my man into the man that you want him to be? Will you do what you want to do with him? And so respectful thoughts pave the way not only to respectful emotions, but also to respectful actions. You know, I told you a few minutes ago, we talked about this, how easy it is for women to love their husbands uh, and a lot of times for women to love other people, but it's difficult sometimes uh, to um, understand this idea about respect. You know, a, a, a lot of times a woman has a boyfriend before she ever got married, a boyfriend that she's not currently married to, that she loved, she fell in love with, but he was not respectable. And she didn't even realize it because she just loved him. And the relationship broke off because he didn't love her and he was not respectable. And what matters to a man is, is does she respect me in word and deed and the way she acts and the way that, that she serves and the way she's around him and, and how generous she is with her heart. Genesis chapter 2 says, verse um, uh, verse 13 says, Then the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. Now, a couple of things about that. First of all, your husband, the Bible says, it's not good for him to be alone. He can't handle life by himself. He needs a helper. He needs you. God saw that man couldn't handle it, so he said, I'm going to make a helper for you. Uh, your husband doesn't need you to condemn him or criticize him. He needs a helper. Now, sometimes I say that and, and ladies go, I don't like being called a helper. Well, God says that he's a helper. God says he is our ever-present help in time of need. He says the Holy Spirit is our helper. So uh, I think that's a compliment. God helps us. And, and, and in Proverbs 31, uh, it says, we're talking about actions, that a woman um, works with willing hands. And how does a woman work with willing hands in her marriage? 
Well, a few things real quick. I think that I think that she's willing. Uh, I think she's willing to pray for her husband. Uh, you know, you know, prayers work, and not just mumble something just to get it done. Uh, prayerless prayer is no good. Uh, but praying earnestly, deeply from the heart about what you desire in your life for you and your husband. You pray for him. You touch him. You know, when you're when you touch your husband. That is affirmation to him that in that moment, that everything is okay. That there's not strife, there's not anger, that in that moment that you love him. That's how he receives that. Now, when you go up to your husband and you want to put your hand on his shoulder or you start scratching his back and he does like that, there's something wrong. He loves it when you reach over and you put your hand on his leg or you hold his hand or you rub the back of his neck or you sit close to him. And that's a big deal to him. Um, when, when you see that he needs something and you feed him. Now, I'm not talking about, don't hear me talking about, you know, feeding him three times a day, seven days a week. That's not what I'm talking about. Uh, you're his wife, not his maid. But I mean, when you see that there's an that you want to do something loving for him and that you want to minister to him that way by preparing a meal for him. That's a big deal. Now, my wife, Lori, she would be the first person to tell you and I would be second to tell you that she hates cooking. <laughs> she doesn't love to do that. And as part of it, she says, I work so hard and do it, put all this food together and it's all gone in 20 minutes. And, you know, and I'm like, well, yeah, I get that. <laughs> uh, and, you know, when we first got married, um, I did most of the cooking. Uh, I cooked and she cleaned up. That was sort of our deal. Uh, because she didn't like it. And so what means we had a lot of hot dogs, hamburgers, um, and uh, French fries and anything I could fry on top of a stove. Uh, that, that, we had a whole lot of that. But, you know, but there, uh, even though that's not something she loves to do, every now and then she's going to say, listen, I want to fix something for you. I want to do something for you. And it means that, that, that there's this, this, and when she does, because I know that that's not something she loves doing, that tells me that how much she just really loves me in that moment. It's a big deal. Also, with your hands, you, you, you play. What does it mean? I mean, you're, you're going to go off and go do some things because we're like 15-year-olds sometimes. And there's a part of us that we're still boys and we still like to play. My, my kids, every Christmas, they, they know they're going to get a toy from me for Christmas because they know that I still like to, I'm going to find something that we can go do together, that we can go play together. Some of you did that this week. You went with your husband to the pistol range and went shooting or you went, you went fishing, you went hiking. Uh, I saw somebody that was out just going from one car dealership to another, which sounds like an amazing Saturday to me, <laughs> Right? Uh, so, you know, and doing, you know, doing all kinds of things like that. So we, we love, Hey, let's do something. Let's do something fun together. That's why sometimes every now and then your husband goes, Hey, let's just go do something. You're like, do what? Let's clean up around the house. And he's like, no, not that. That's not fun. Uh, let's go do something. Uh, and so that's sort of where, uh, it's important to say, I'm gonna, I want to play. I want to do something, spend time with him. And also number five, open the Bible with him. When, when your husband wants to talk about the Bible, don't push away from that but draw near in those moments. You know, because there's this, uh, two questions really. And um, I, I think these are good questions to ask this week. And guys, you may not have done your homework, but when I give this to your wives, they're going to ask you. So you should handle this and you should handle this gently, okay? This is yes, this is no. Yes, gently, yes, okay. She's gonna ask you these questions. How have I been disrespectful? How could I be more respectful? 
because she wants to know you. I promise you. She wants to know you. She probably wants to know you more than you want to know her. Let her in. Let her in. There's this idea that there's principles and there's methods, right? And so I'm trying to give you principles because these these biblical principles about love and respect, it works. It works. Now, the method, how you get there, I don't know. I don't know. Because see, somebody will sit there and say, well, I read this in a book and it really worked for us. Or, you know, we went to this conference and we learned this. Or I watched, listen to this podcast. And all all those things are good. But just because it works for your best friend doesn't mean it's going to work for you. It's because you're in a relationship with one another. So you've got to talk through these things and work through these things and find out what are the, here's some biblical principles. Now, what are the methods that we're going to do to put these principles in place in our lives? That's important so that you can figure out how you can be intimate with one another. So talked a little bit about respect. So let's talk about disrespectful women just for a minute. Two kinds of disrespectful women. Number one, they're silent and compliant women. Uh, disrespectful women. Now, Proverbs 29.5 says, The fear of man lays a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is safe. So sometimes there is a woman who is, she appears on the outside because she's very quiet and just says, Yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir, that she's very respectful. That's not respectful. That is, there's something wrong there and something needs to be taken care of because that's not the kind of relationship that the Bible talks about. That's an unhealthy relationship. Ed Welch, who is a, um, a Christian counselor and author, I've read three of his books, and I haven't had a problem with any of the books that I've read so far. And He's written many more than three books, but here's a quote from one of his books. He says this. He says, fear in the biblical sense includes being afraid of someone. So if you're afraid of your husband, you're in an unhealthy place. But it extends to holding someone in awe. But you also can't look at him and go, you know, there's God and then there's my husband. Or even worse, there's my husband and there's God. It doesn't work like that. He says, being controlled or mastered by people, worshiping other people, putting your trust in people or needing people. The fear of man can be summarized in this way. We replace God with people. We've seen that happen, right? Instead of a biblically guided fear of the Lord, we fear others. When we are in our teens, it is called peer pressure. When we are older, it is called people-pleasing. Recently, it has been called codependency. It's unhealthy. And so there's a difference between submitting and enabling. Submitting is inviting someone to lead. You go first. I trust you. I'm coming with you. Now, let me say this. And... Um, and maybe Lori and I need to do a Q&A. Maybe we can do that online sometime. But ladies, sometimes you're going to follow your husband and you know it's a mistake. It's going to be financial peril. That's going to be moving to a community that's not going to work well. You're moving into a house that's going to be a disaster. And he says, well, we're going this way. And I believe it's what we're supposed to do. And so you have said, well, I'm going to respect you and I'm going to, I'm married to you and you're supposed to be the head of the family as we talked about last week and you follow him into a mistake. And, you know, sometimes God has something for you to learn by coming through that mistake together. 
And Lori has followed me into about four, maybe 500 million mistakes. Okay. And so, but that, that's the biblical model. That's the way, uh, that's the way it looks. And he's not perfect. Uh, number, but Samidian is inviting him to lead. In the other hand, uh, other hand, enabling is allowing someone to run all over you. So that's unhealthy. Uh, that's disrespectful. Now, the, the second kind is loud and contentious. It's not, and again, I'm talking about somebody who's being real, very bossy and trying to shout somebody down maybe. So the first one looks respectful, silent and compliant, but she really is disrespectful. The second looks disrespectful because she is disrespectful. Uh, Proverbs 12, 4 says, An excellent wife is the crown of her husband. But she who brings shame is like rottenness in his bones. And Proverbs 9.13 says, The woman folly is loud. She is seductive and knows nothing. That doesn't mean you have to start being an introvert. If you're an extrovert, you don't have to change your personality. But rather it's saying, look, I'm not trying to shout down my husband all the time. Proverbs 21.9, It's better to live in the corner of a housetop than in a house with a quarrelsome wife. And then Proverbs 27, it says, a continual dripping on a rainy day and a quarrelsome wife are alike. To restrain her is to restrain the wind or to grasp oil in one right's hand. Uh, so if you, if you disrespect uh, your husband, let me show you what happens. And some of you, I'm getting ready to read your mail. When you disrespect your husband, you put him in a lose-lose situation. Because... He doesn't feel like that he can love you and he feels like he's trapped and he feels like there's nothing he can ever do that's right and he's constantly being criticized and he just feels like, why bother? And he just gives up. And so because of that, the second thing happens is you drive him away. And so you notice there's this wedge between you and him that used to be like this and now it's like this. And now you talk maybe once a week. This is what happens I'd all the time with empty nesters. Because this goes on and you, and you stay around and stay around and stay around and stay around. And then the kids all leave the house. And you're sitting there and you go, we got nothing to talk about. And you realize that the only thing you had in common was your kids. And when you don't have kids to talk about, you got nothing to talk about. And so then what happens? You begin to despise him. And you're no longer attracted to him because you know what? He's not talking to you anymore. You're attracted to him through what you hear. And so you break up. Maybe literally, maybe just emotionally. Nobody ever talks about it, but most people get divorced in the first 18 months of marriage or after about 22 years of marriage. Usually after 22 years of marriage, kids are out of the house. They say, I got half my life left. I'll go live my life with somebody else and not you. And I got enough money. I can live on it. We'll be all right. And so what happens is him to this point, when you begin to despise him and not be attracted to him, you will begin to treat him like he is your boy, your son. And he will probably tell you, I already have one mother. I don't need another one. You ever heard that line? And so he feels like that you're his mother. He didn't want to be married to his mother. So what do we do? We submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Not just one time, every single day. It's not that you submit to him or he submits to you. We submit to one another. 
He loves you. He gives you love. You give him respect. That's how it works. You submit to one another. Now, just like last week, when I said, guys, here's the deal, is that you don't recognize this in the mirror. Is that ladies, you may not recognize that in the mirror. So that means this week, the, the men get to wear the referee's jersey and say, well, when you ask him, how can I show you more respect, that he gets to be truthful and objective and tell you that, right? Sometimes uh, there, there's an argument. There's something difficult in a relationship. Right? How do you handle that? Uh, how do you disagree uh, respectfully? Number one, uh, you keep praying and working toward a unified decision. You're trying to buy a car. You're trying to buy a house. You're trying to decide where you're going to move. You're going to take a new job, whatever. Uh, but you keep praying, first of all, working toward a unified decision. And sometimes you, you, you can't get to a conclusion. So what do you do? Well, you consider the counsel of a third person. You bring somebody else in, somebody that you both trust and say, listen, we need to get an answer here. We, need got, we got to move forward. So you, you get some counsel from a third person. Uh, sometimes uh, you're just going to say, you know what? The husband makes the decision because it's, at some point somebody says, that's the way we're going to go. And uh, I believe that's what the Bible teaches, and that man's supposed to be the uh, supposed to be the head, and so, and that means, like I said a minute ago, sometimes it doesn't mean it's always going to be the right thing, but you trust him, love, respect, it works. Let's talk about homework for a minute, okay? Uh, every other week's been three things for homework. Uh, this week, four things for homework. So, uh, but uh, should be a good one. Uh, number one, uh, gentlemen, write down why you are grateful for your wife. Maybe you already did that. Maybe you talked about that some this week. If not, do that some more. Uh, and, you know, don't just put one word answers. Uh, you know, not to give you a, uh, a writing assignment, but paragraphs here would be a good idea because she likes a lot of content, okay? If you don't know how to say it, write it down and read it to her. All right, uh, so that's number one. Number two, ask her out on a face-to-face date. You knew it was coming, right? You've been nervous, sweating it out every week. First week of this series, we talk about shoulder-to-shoulder relationships. We talk about back-to-back relationships, face-to-face relationships. She loves face-to-face relationships. So here's what you're going to do. All right, this week, ask her out. And maybe you don't go anywhere. Maybe you just cook dinner for her because you're going to stay home and you're going to talk to her, okay? And, and, and maybe, maybe, you know, maybe you go somewhere, maybe you don't. That's up to you, but... I want you to do that. Now, ladies, ladies, listen, 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 okay? Your expectations for this date this week, your expectations, okay? They should be right (laughs) here, okay? Right here. You see where I'm at? All right? Look, unmet expectations always resolve in conflict. You can write that down. Unmet expectations always result in conflict every time, Okay? So right here, not here, here. If he exceeds your expectations, woo, okay? So look, if he says a little bit, that's okay. So we're baby steps, baby steps, baby steps, baby steps, okay? So guys, this week, and look, here's what I'm gonna do. On my Facebook page this afternoon, I gave you some earlier this week, I'm gonna put some more this afternoon, some conversation starters for you. I'm going to help you, okay? Some things that you can Ask her and listen to her, and then you ask a follow-up question. It's called conversation. Okay? Don't look at your phone. Don't get the remote out. Converse, right? Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. That's how it works, 
Okay, so that, that's, that's what we're going to do. So, and so tell her something that, that's going to, that, she, that worries you, that's not going to worry her. Something that you're afraid of. Some music that you like to listen to, she doesn't know you like to listen to, whatever. But tell her something about, about you. Let her begin to get to know you. Number three, ladies, look for the good in your husband. Don't hit the default mode. But instead, say, I'm going to be intentional about looking for the good in my husband. And then the last one uh, is you ask him this question, how have I been disrespectful? All right? So real quickly, just to finish this up, and I'll, put the, I'll post the homework again uh, this afternoon because we move to that real quickly. So anyway, first thing, ladies, if you have an abusive husband, Please do not leave here today and go home to that abusive husband without telling us about it. We'll keep it completely confidential. We want to take care of you. We want to do what we can for you, help you out in any way we can, okay? But we can't help you if we don't know that there's a situation going on there. So in a few minutes, go out to the Next Steps desk. There's a giant TV out there in the lobby with the blue screen on it. It says Next Steps. Go there. It's Matt. McFadden, our campus pastor, he's going to be right there. There's a guy was out here just a little bit before I started talking. He's a bit tall like I am. He wears glasses. He's got a light blue shirt on today. And just say, Matt, I need some help. And that's all you got to do. And he'll know, okay? Second thing, if you're married to an unbeliever, what do you do? You keep praying. You show respect to him. You give him respect. Because by the way that you treat him, maybe you might lead him into a relationship with the Lord. And if you're married to a great man, awesome. That is so good. God has richly blessed you. And just remember, it's God who gave you your husband. And it's God in your husband that makes your husband great. Your husband doesn't do that on his own. So don't ever worship your husband. 